For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome to the Essentials Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. So I'm Mark Isaacson. I happen to be the owner of Village Green for over 15 years and I'm actually in today hosting in place of Dana Lake. And next week I believe it's going to be Kevin Pissarro who's going to be back and I've got the great privilege of hosting this is my second time hosting and the exciting stuff is that uh, I've had the great honor of working with so many practitioners and thought leaders that have been on the radio show over the last 10 plus years and I get to bring another one of those experts to everyone today so the show is streamed through Village Green at uh, myvillagegreen.com uh, and on iTunes Village Green Apothecary is a great resource to find the answers about your health that you are searching for via either our website, myvillagegreen.com, or our store in Bethesda on Cedar Lane. We provide all kinds of expertise on supplements, vitamins, minerals, lifestyle, health. We're very, very focused these days on personalization, and we carry leading nutritional supplement brands, things like Zymogen, Metagenics, Thorn, Pure Encapsulation, many, many products that are patented, have patented ingredients, including our very own uh, Pathway product. So we are here every single morning uh, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 1500 a.m. So what I'd like to do is actually start off for the first time. So obviously not only is it my second time hosting the show, but I am going to, today we have the great fortune of having an individual by the name of David Baer, who's actually going to help me host a bit. And he is the guy that I always say is kind of really under the radar screen. He's been helping us produce our show essentially healthy living for over two and a half years. So David is incredibly passionate about researching and educating our listeners about health issues so they can make better choices. So as an individual that's helped us produce the show, uh, David has assessed and identified many, many key health concerns and trends. And the thing that David is really awesome at is he's just incredible at finding all these different thought leaders that we've had on the show, folks that are super passionate like he is and I am as well. So prior to the radio show, David worked as an analyst at AARP, doing a lot of work on policy and research. David has a master's degree in public administration and environmental science. So to go forward here, so our guest today is Brenda Davis. She is a registered dietitian, is a leader in her field, and an acclaimed speaker at nutrition, medical, and health conferences internationally. She's worked as a research dietitian, public health nutritionist, clinical nutrition specialist, nutrition consultant, and academic nutrition instructor. So totally awesome background, lots of experience, and it's going to be great to have her on. So Brenda also has co-authored 10 Vegetarian and Vegan Nutrition Classics with over 750,000 copies in print in 10 languages. Recently, books include Defeating Diabetes and Becoming Vegan, which is a comprehensive edition that won the 2014 Real Best of 2014 Book Award. There you go. (laughs) So, hey, so first off, welcome, David, who is sitting to my left and is going to, like, participate a little bit. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. 
And uh, welcome, Brenda. So, hey, Brenda, so why don't you just kick things off? And I think it'd be okay. awesome, awesome for you to give us just a little bit of your background, some of the cool okay. things you're working on and things you're passionate about and sort of your, your why, why you're in this area and why you're doing kind of the work you're doing right now. Okay, well, thanks. First of all, thanks so much, Mark and David, for inviting me, and I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, I I actually became a dietitian about 36 years ago, and I became uh, pretty close to vegan about 30 years ago. And my my decision to go vegan was kind of interesting because I had never actually met a real-life vegan in my life. (laughs) And so it was it was a stretch, and especially being a dietitian, because as you can imagine, particularly in those days, you know, three decades ago, I, I actually didn't know if there was another vegetarian or vegan dietitian on the planet. Uh, so it was a little bit it was a little bit intimidating because I, I, I kind of wondered if I might get ousted from the profession. Um, but my reasons for for you know moving in that direction and taking that path were really quite simple. It was, um, I just started reading a lot, and I became quite acutely aware of the consequences of my food choice, um, not only for myself and my family, um, but beyond that. Um, and it just seemed to me to be, just to make, to make good sense, uh, to consume a diet that would minimize, um, you know, pain, suffering, and death in others, both humans and non-humans. And to reduce my carbon footprint, and and I, I I just got really interested in those things, and I thought, you know, that I I actually thought of leaving the profession because I didn't know how I could practice where all of our nutrition education resources were really designed uh, based on the four food groups. I'm Canadian, so it was you know Canada's food guide and the four food groups, and I you know I thought how can I practice when I'm eliminating two of those four four food groups. But I, I decided I needed to stay because I thought that there need to, there just needs to be people who, who um, understand that this is an option that's a viable option, and when done properly, can be done really well. And I wanted to stay to help support people who were on a similar path. I wanted them to get it right. Okay. So yeah, and then and then my other key area of interest is lifestyle medicine. And so I've got quite, I've, I've gotten quite involved in, in lifestyle medicine with individual clients, but also with research in the Marshall Islands, with the medical school and the public health school in Lithuania. They, they actually have a master's of lifestyle medicine and, a, and an elective in their, in their medical school in lifestyle medicine. And I actually just got back from doing, um, this year a 10 day, uh, demonstration for the government on, uh, like, you know, what, what could happen with an intensive program for 10 days. So very key areas of interest for me. No, that's awesome. Hey, so why don't we start like with the basics here? And so everyone's yeah. really clear because I know everyone, you know, in our, our integrated pharmacy and customers are always getting con- confused about things like what is a vegetarian diet? You know, what's vegan and what's things like a pesco, uh, vegetarian? So can you sort of yeah. give us a rundown real quickly of those big distinctions? Yeah, so so the big umbrella term is often vegetarian, and vegetarian is just simply eliminating animal flesh from our diet. So you're eliminating, you know, meat, fish, poultry, all of that, but you can include 
dairy and eggs in a vegetarian diet. So lacto-vegetarian means vegetarian plus milk. Lacto-ovo is, is both milk and ovo being the eggs. And so, so often when we talk about vegetarian diets, we're talking about, you know, a variety within that. Um, so a vegan diet excludes all products of animal origin. So there are, there, you would also eliminate dairy and eggs. Some, um, you know, some definitions also exclude honey, uh, and any other product that would, um, really cause some pain, suffering, or death of animals in its production. Uh, so, so bees, you know, taking their honey would be included in that, but not all vegans do, do, um, uh, stick to that that part of it, but certainly meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and dairy. And then a pesco vegetarian is really um, vegetarian plus fish. Mm. Some pesco vegetarians um, do include dairy and eggs, and some don't. Some are more vegan plus fish, and so we're seeing more and more of that particular choice uh, these days. Okay, great. And yeah. then, of course, Mark, there are yep. the, you know, oh, semi-vegetarians or flexitarians, people that, you know, maybe eat meat once or twice a week, but really eat largely vegetarian or vegan. So that would be one other category in that uh, in that group. Okay, awesome. David, go ahead. Why don't you okay. ask a question? Yes, Brenda, uh, Brenda could you uh, tell our listeners what the primary health benefits are of a vegan plant-based diet based on scientific research, for example, a lower chance yeah. of heart disease based on Dean Ornish's work or Dr. Esselstyn's as an example or related to diabetes or any other yeah. chronic disease? Yeah, so so the primary benefits of plant-based diets really are, um, number one, risk reduction for chronic diseases. And so as you, you know, as you get more whole foods plant-based, uh, you, you, you kind of up the benefits. And so, so we have a number of studies that have shown both, both that these diets can help to prevent disease, but also that they can be very useful in the treatment of disease that already exists. So in terms of prevention, there are three, um, fairly large groups of, of people that are, that are being followed long term. And one is in the UK. It's called Epic Oxford. Uh, another is in, is in, uh, the States and Canada, and it's called the Adventist Health, Health Study 2. And these people, well, the Adventist Health Study 2, they've been followed since 2002 and Epic Oxford since 1993. But we're following these people long term. And then the third group is actually in Taiwan, and it's, uh, and and it's um, a Buddhist group that you know around six thousand people that are being followed, and and what's really interesting, what really really interesting about these groups is that we're comparing similar health conscious individuals with different dietary patterns. So for example, we're looking at um, um, omnivores, uh, semi vegetarians, pesco vegetarians, lacto ovo vegetarians, and vegans who smoke the same amount who drink the same amount, who exercise the same amount. So we're controlling for all of these confounding variables, the things that could make a difference apart from the diet. And so those are all controlled for. And then we look at the differences, you know, over time. And with with the uh, Buddhists, it's a little smaller uh, group, but and they're just comparing uh, Buddhist vegetarians with Buddhist non-vegetarians. And so the vegetarians are actually almost vegan because they, they consume very, very little dairy products and very, very few eggs so it's it's a very near vegan population and and so what we're seeing is we're seeing you know um, reduction in in heart disease 
probably around 25 to 30% relative to similar health-conscious individuals. Now, if you compare these cohorts to the general population, the entire cohort has about half the rate of, of mortality and, and disease compared with the general population. So it's, when you compare a vegan with a, with a non-vegetarian, uh, you're not comparing a vegan with the general population or that these percentages would be much higher. So, so compared to a similar health-conscious omnivore, it's about 25, 30% less heart disease. Uh, we get uh, about 50 to 75% less hypertension, um, probably about 40 to 75% less diabetes. And as you go more towards completely plant-based, it, the number increases. So it's about, you know, 38% in the Adventist Health Study for lack of oval vegetarians and 62% for vegans. Uh, in the in the Buddhist study, it was about 50% for men and about 75% for women uh, compared to similar health-conscious non-vegetarians. And then the rates of kidney disease are cut in half um, compared to omnivores and healthy health-conscious omnivores. And uh, cancer, a little bit less of a difference, so about 10 to 20% less cancer and about 30 to 40% fewer cataracts in Epic Oxford. And Epic Oxford also showed a 27% reduction in diverticular disease for lacto-ovo vegetarians and a 72% reduction for vegans in diverticular disease, of course, probably due to the difference in fiber intakes. So really quite significant differences. And then, so that's, that's all dealing with uh, prevention of disease. So what about treatment of disease? Well, these whole food plant-based diets are actually the only diets that I know of that have actually hey, Brenda? proven... Brenda, yeah. why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break and sure. let's pick up on all this other discussion about, you know, most important things like certain vegetables to eat and not eat and things about fruits, different protein sources on the back end. Let me just go to break real quick. This is Mark Isaacson with Essentially Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary, located also at, at uh, myvillagegreen.com. And stay with us. We'll be right back. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega-oils. 
The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back to Essentially Healthy Living on 1500 AM. This show is brought to you by our business, Integrated Pharmacy, Village Green Apothecary, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda. I am Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green, standing in today and hosting the show in place of Dana Lake. I believe next week it is Dr. Kevin Bissarro who will be back hosting. So Village Green is this great resource to find the answers about your health that you're searching for via, via our website, myvillagegreen.com, or in-store in Bethesda at Cedar Lane. So we've got tons of expert advice at Village Green. We've got clinical nutritionists. We've got HPF doctors. We've got pharmacists. We look at things like drug-nutrient interaction depletion. We look at life, lifestyle. We're very, very focused on personalization, understanding the foods designed for you, understanding the nutrients designed for you. And we carry hundreds of supplement brands, including leading what we call practitioner brands like Zymogen, Metagenics, Thorne, Nordic Naturals, Pure Encapsulation. Many of these manufacturers have a tremendous amount of patented ingredients, very much like our own Pathway brand that is, has a significant amount of patented ingredients as well. One quick thing I want to uh, note is as we move our business to personalization, we are in the midst of launching incredible technology that you can actually take a look at and you can register and you can learn more about it by going to IQU health.com that is iqyou health.com it's incredible technology that really allows us for the first time to personalize looking at genes looking at lab work and looking at what we call deep uh, epigenetic questions and assessments this is in partnership with dr joe pizorno who is founder of bastille which is considered the harvard of clinical nutrition and he is the author of the Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine and, and many textbooks. So if anybody is a functional medicine doc, clinical nutritionist, or naturopathic doc, they certainly know Dr. Joe Pizorno. So again, that is at iquhealth.com. So we are here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or 1500 a.m. So our guest today is Brenda Davis, who is a registered dietitian, is a leader in her field, and acclaimed speaker at nutrition, medical, and health conferences internationally. She has worked as a research dietitian, public health nutritionist, clinical nutrition specialist, nutrition consultant, and academic nutrition advisor. She has actually authored 10 vegetarian and vegan nutrition classics, over 750,000 copies in print in 10 languages. So I would like to welcome back Brenda. So we were talking a little bit in the break. So why don't we pick up and talk a little bit about protein sources for vegans and what you recommend and what are some of the important guidelines there? Yeah, you bet. Um, so one of the things that people get quite concerned about, of course, is protein. The first question that that uh, any vegetarian get asked 
gets asked is where do you get your protein? And in fact, um, most well, all whole foods contain protein. Uh, and and but the ones that are most concentrated for people eating plant based diets are legumes, uh, seeds, uh, nuts a little bit less. Uh, vegetables are tend to be fairly low in calories, so you have to eat quite a large quantity to get an appreciable amount of protein, but they still are contributors. And and fruits are sort of the lowest in all of those categories. Even whole grains, uh, certain whole grains are somewhere 15, 16% of calories from protein. So what we need is probably 10 to 15% of calories from protein, according to the World Health Organization. So you get that, uh, you get 20 to 30% from, or even 35% from legumes. Uh, and vegetables up 20 to 40 percent that it, the non-starchy vegetables and uh, seeds are probably 12 to 20 percent and and nuts probably about 5 to 17 percent of calories from protein so when you look at that and you you just think if you eat a mix of, of plant foods and you eat enough calories it's it's actually not not that difficult to get enough protein uh, that's great that's great so look so one thing I want to note note to our audience here today, which I said in the first segment, is that we've got David Bear here, who has been like our under-the-radar screen person working for some time to help as a producer, a co-producer of our radio show. So he's always a person that's found great guests. So we have included him today, and he's here to help support the show and host a bit with me. So I think, David, why don't you ask a follow-up question as well? Yes. Um, I had one follow-up and then one other question, Brenda. Many times people say you have to have beans and grains to get all your amino acids, but the way, that way of thinking seems to have changed. Can you comment on that, please? Yeah, thanks so much for asking that question, David, because even health professionals still, many still believe that. And in fact, what we know is we know that certain plant foods can have a um, little bit less of one or two amino acids than our sort of ideal protein pattern. And so we used to think that in order to get all of the amino acids we needed, we needed to do this thing called food combining or, you know, matching, um, you know, foods that were low in lysine like grains with foods that were low in methionine and cysteine like, like legumes um, relative to our provisional pattern. And, and what we learned probably about 25, 30 years ago is that's absolutely unnecessary. So we've known We've known it for at least three decades, and and yet it it continues to be a, something people think think about. And the reason that it's not an issue, there are two reasons. One is that when you eat a mix of foods, the mix of amino acids you get tends to be just about what you need. The other is, let's say all you ate was rice for a meal and you didn't get enough lysine. Well, you would actually draw on these. We have these amino acid pools in our body that store excess of whatever amino acids. So if you had black bean soup the meal before, uh, then you would just draw on your protein pools to, to take the lysine you need to build, you know, for building blocks to build tissues in your body. So it's, it's really not an issue. We don't have to worry about uh, protein combinations. Okay. My next question is, uh, can you comment on what the best vegetables and fruits are? That is, for example, non-starchy vegetables, some have suggested are better than starchy vegetables. And also many yeah. health gurus comment that you should get, you know, um, your fruits and vegetables, but many health gurus say you should get more vegetables than fruit. And can you eat too much fruit? So if you could comment on that, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So so in my view, I kind of like to look at nutrient density and what do you get for your calorie? And if you look at nutrient density, the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet are leafy greens. 
So, and, and the more, the, sort of the darker the greens, usually the more nutrient dense. So, so dark green leafy vegetables are at the very top of the list. Then you would have, uh, the, the, the non-starchy vegetables. So all the other vegetables that aren't starchy have high nutrient density. So these would kind of be the second on that, on that scale of nutrient density. And then, and then would come the fruit and then would come the starchy vegetables. So starchy vegetables, the things like potatoes and, and sweet potatoes and, and winter squash and, and some of these kinds of foods that are taro root and breadfruit and so on. So, so those are the starchy vegetables and those have definitely less nutrient density. So we want to really focus at the top of the nutrient density score chart with the leafy greens and the non-starchy vegetables. And then where fruit is concerned, fruit, um, uh, is, is a wonderful source of vitamin C and potassium and, you know, a number of, of nutrients that are very important to health. I generally would agree that you want to probably get more vegetables than fruits. And I, I would go with, you know, aiming for at least 10 servings of vegetables and fruits a day, uh, which may seem like a lot to, to many people, but we're talking about a half a cup is a serving. So it's not a huge portion and, and a cup of leafy greens. And and so I, I probably personally get 14 or 15 uh, servings a day. And the way that I would divide it, let's say you just get 10, is probably six or seven of vegetables and three or four of fruits uh, because the vegetables are just more nutrient-dense and you're getting more for your calorie. Are you at all concerned that there's too much sugar in fruits, especially dried fruit, and what? so you should limit that, like raisins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dried fruit, definitely you're concentrating the sugars. And, and of course, today's fruit is a little sweeter than it would be in the wild, or maybe a lot sweeter than it would be in the wild. However, most studies suggest that, you know, fruit, the main sugar is fructose. And, and of course, when your liver gets overloaded with fructose, it can increase, you know, lipotoxicity, it can increase, you know, production of advanced glycation end products. There's all kinds of concerns about excess fructose. But generally, the thinking is, is that the body can handle the amount of fructose that comes packaged in a fruit that's high in fiber and phytochemicals and antioxidants and all sorts of nutrients. And so we can process that. We get about six grams of fructose in a in a serving of fruit. We get about 36 in a 20-ounce soda, you know, so it's about six times that. So when we take fructose out of food, concentrate it, and add it in massive amounts to processed foods, we very quickly overwhelm the liver's capacity to handle it. And what happens when you overwhelm the liver's capacity to handle it is it gets turned into fat. And, it, it, you know, if we can get it into the adipose tissue, we do. But sometimes we can't. So it drives something called lipotoxicity. And lipotoxicity is storing, you know, fat in areas of the body where we really, it shouldn't be fat storage depots like your liver and your pancreas and your, and your muscle tissue and so on. All right. Yeah, no, lots of great information there. So, Brenda, can you now touch a little bit on what your thoughts are in terms of cooking vegetables and how we best preserve nutrients? You know, should we be doing things, what's the best option, steaming, baking, frying, boiling, other tips in that area? Yeah, absolutely. So, so basically, um, you know, with, with, with vegetables, we have a number, probably over 20 studies, probably over 24 studies mm-hmm. that show that, it, especially in terms of cancer risk reduction, raw vegetables do better than cooked. Any vegetables are protective. That is just, you know, something we need to lay out on the table. It doesn't matter 
whatever vegetables you're eating tend to be protective to health. But the most protective, because they preserve the most phytochemicals and antioxidants, is raw, is in the raw form. And so when you cook, what you want to do is, is cook as little as possible. So steaming would be preferable to boiling, for example, um, or, or cooking with dry heat. Because when we cook with dry heat, we can produce products of oxidation like polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and acrylamide and advanced glycation end products and these things that can increase health risk. So, you know, so, so, the other thing is, is we also, uh, when we uh, eat raw, um, there's an enzyme in certain vegetables, like cruciferous vegetables contains an enzyme called myrosinase, and allium vegetables in the you know garlic and onion family uh, contain uh, an enzyme called alanase, and these enzymes actually convert phytochemicals into their active forms. So they, they will actually do more for you. And so there are lots of reasons why eating at least some raw um, vegetables and fruits every day makes really, really good sense. And so cooking is just using moist methods of cooking. You're producing less products of oxidation. And, of course, um, trying to avoid cooking at high temperatures, especially with oil. Uh, so, you you know, just sticking to the wet methods is, is preferable. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's take another quick break. This is Mark Isaacson with Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. And also come visit us at myvillagegreen.com for our archive shows as well as our iTunes. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7, a Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? 
One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back to Essentially Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda. I am Mark Isaacson. I happen to be the owner of Village Green, hosting the show today, standing in for Dana Lake, who couldn't make it next week. I believe Dr. Kevin Passaro is back hosting. So Village Green Apothecary, our business, is this great resource to find answers about your health that you are searching for, whether it's via our website at myvillagegreen.com or coming to our physical location in Bethesda on Cedar Lane. So we've got this incredible team of expert nutritionists and pharmacists, and we are totally focused on things like drug-nutrient interaction depletion. We're focused on nutrients designed for you, foods designed for you, very much going deep into personalization. Last segment, I mentioned a new platform that we're launching that's got 40,000 clinical studies and looks deeply at data, including genomics, lab work, Uh, as well as uh, what we call epigenetic lifestyle assessment. So you can go and check that out at IQU. That's I-Q-Y-O-U, IQUhealth.com. So Village Green, we continue to carry many of the top leading nutrition brands, Zymogen, Metagenics, Thorne, Nordic Naturals, and so forth. And many of these brands have patented ingredients, including our very own Pathway brand. So come stop by the store, take a look. And, and as a quick reminder, we are here every single Sunday morning on 1500 a.m. at 10 in the morning. So our guest today that we've been talking to is Brenda Davis. She is a registered dietitian, is a leader in her field, and an acclaimed speaker on nutrition and at medical and health conferences internationally. She's worked as a research dietitian, public health nutritionist, clinical nutrition specialist, nutrition consultant, and academic nutrition instruction. She's got a wealth of knowledge and additionally, she's a co-author of 10 vegetarian and vegan nutrition classics with over 750 copies sold in 10 different languages. So a lot there and a lot of great value and information we are getting today and collaborating and talking a bit with Brenda. So why don't we start off, Brenda, and tell us a, a little bit about the primary challenges uh, mistakes, dietary mistakes that people make on a vegan diet and things that folks have to be aware of? Yeah, I would say, Mark, that the, you know, really two ends of the spectrums are of the spectrum where we see mistakes. And one is uh, doing sort of the perfect diet, uh, getting, getting uh, it, the diet super clean, no processed foods, all of that, but not taking care to ensure sufficient of, of some of the, the nutrients of concern like B12 and vitamin D and iodine. Uh, and then, and then, then at the second end of the spectrum, we see people, especially people who are into, you know, really into animal rights or the environment, not so into health. <laughs> and and they, they sometimes will will go for a more junk food vegan diet, and they'll eat, you know, sort of everything uh, that you can imagine from chips and pop and all sorts of processed, refined carbohydrates. And and of course, that diet is is very far from being optimal, as you can imagine. David, you got some Yes, uh, Brenda, um, can you identify or talk more about the common nutritional deficiencies of a vegan diet, in particular vitamin B12, vitamin D, 
essential fatty acids, and um, if time permits, zinc and iron, and what what they should what we should be taking or vegans should be taking, and what dosages they should be on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll start with vitamin B12, and the thing about B12 is it's it's a nutrient that's a vitamin that's that's made by bacteria, and and so because we try to clean our food supply, we get rid of any that might be attached to plants, of course, in, in uh, you know, making them available to the general public because we're trying to get rid of pathogenic bacteria as well. And so B12, you cannot rely on plant foods for B12, period. Even though there might be a little bit in mushrooms or there might be a little bit here and there, it, they just aren't reliable sources. So you've got two choices, uh, fortified foods or supplements. And fortified foods, you would need to be consuming probably at least two or three servings a day with, you know, maybe two to four micrograms of B12 in each serving. And and so we're looking at, um, you know, a serving of non-dairy fortified, B12 fortified non-dairy milk or, or uh, some meat analog that's fortified or nutritional, nutritional yeast, something like that. So you'd be having several servings a day. The other choice is to have B12 uh, in supplement form. And, and with that, you would need about 1,000 micrograms twice a week, two or three times a week, really. And, and, and unless you're doing um, a methylcobalamin, there's a little bit of controversy there because it's slightly less stable. So some people would say if you're doing methyl, take it every, every day instead of two or three times a week. Um, and then vitamin D, uh, it just, your exposure to sun makes all the difference in the world, of course, because we can make, we can make some vitamin D. It also matters how dark your skin is, how old you are, how overweight you are. All of those things can reduce, uh, vitamin D production in your skin. And, and so, you know, vitamin D in, in a vegan diet, there are not a lot of fortified foods. You get uh, fortified non-dairy milk. Uh, and other than that, there's, there's not a lot of vitamin D, so you'd probably wise to rely on a supplement, especially if you're living in northern climates. So where I live, from about October to about March, we don't produce any vitamin D from the sun because uh, the sun is just too cold to allow for vitamin D production. So we need to take a supplement. And what I would recommend is probably 1,000 I use per day, uh, and, and for some people, 2,000. And I think it's a really uh, good thing to know where you're at, and, and uh, if you're very low, you'd want to go um, a little higher. Uh, but for most people, probably 1,000 micrograms is, or 1,000 I use, sorry, is a, is a reasonable so- uh, place to Right. Hey, Brenda. So the one thing that, so this is like, that is a perfect segue into this whole concept of how we are deeply starting to look at personalization. And when you, like you said, it makes sense to get people checked because one of the big things that we're seeing in our integrated pharmacy and work with all these slot leading functional medicine folks is that people can really be all over the scale. You know, there's some people, right. There's some people that might almost need zero vitamin D because their innate biochemistry and genes just allow them to optimize and produce, you know, keep vitamin D where other people, we, we've, we see people, you know, some of our functional medicine docs that might need to take, you know, and again, you've got to consult with a doc and you've got to obviously do the lab work to understand this and monitor on an ongoing basis. But there could be people that are using 5,000, 10,000, maybe even times 20,000 yeah. IUs of vitamin D. And, yeah. do you, and yeah. Brenda, do you think D3 is better than D2? And what are the differences? Well, you know, the research we have suggests that in very small doses, sort of in, you know, 1,000 IUs or 2,000, 
that it probably doesn't make a big difference. But in, in, in larger doses, it definitely does. And there seems to be a little bit of research suggesting that if you're, if you're actually trying to reverse a deficiency, D3 is probably more effective than D2. Um, and, but the good news for vegans is that D3 is absolutely available in vegan form. It comes from, from lichen, and, uh, and there, there are several companies that sell lichen-based D3. So even if you're vegan, it doesn't mean you have to use animal-based D3. You can use plant-based D3. And you should. And should you use the vitamin D with vitamin K one or vitamin vitamin K two? And is there an advantage to doing so? Well, I think uh, there can be. Um, vitamin K two, of course, is is the more active form. If you have a really good microbiome, uh, your your conversion of of K1 to K2 should be really pretty stellar. Um, but if you don't, and a lot of people don't have a good uh, healthy microbiome, then uh, vitamin K2 can provide some advantage. We know it's, it's very advantageous for bone health, for example. And so I think there are a lot of supplements that combine vitamin D with, with K2, and I, I don't think that's a bad plan, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Go ahead, Dan. Okay, um, Brenda, can you talk more about the challenges of vegans getting sufficient omega-3 fatty acids and achieving a yes. sufficient omega-3 to omega-6 ratio? Yeah, yeah. So the whole, you know, uh, omega-3 fatty acid thing is really about the long-chain omega-3s because vegans can very easily get enough alpha-linolenic acid, which is the plant uh, version of omega-3. And then in our bodies, we can actually convert alpha-linolenic acid to, you know, the longer-chain eicosapentaenoic acid, which is EPA, or docosahexaenoic acid, which is DHA. But that conversion is, is can be compromised very easily due to a number of circumstances. So the best converters are, you know, young women who need to have more in their bloodstream in case they, they get pregnant. Um, but men tend not to convert as well. And so total conversion is thought to be about 5% from ALA to EPA and DHA. So there's some concern that vegetarians would have less stellar uh, omega-3 fatty acid status because the main sources of EPA and DHA are fish. And and what one thing that people don't realize is fish don't make EPA and DHA. It's actually made by microalgae in the in in the mm-hmm. ocean, and and so it, it it gets into fish somewhere along the food chain. So rather than eating fish, if you prefer not to eat fish, you can actually get it directly from microalgae, which is cultured. So it doesn't you know you're not at risk for the same kind of contaminants that you could be exposed to with fish intake. So there there are options for vegans to get clean uh, a clean source of EPA and DHA. So that's all good. So what people need to know is vegetarians probably have about half the omega-3 status of non-vegetarians who eat fish, and vegans probably about a third. And and so that's, you know, that's um, uh, not so great. So if we're wanting to up status, there's a number of things we can do. One is to get enough ALA and and this ratio of of omega six to omega three to keep it somewhere between probably two to one and four to one. I mean even one to one to four to one, but that's hard to achieve. So two to one to four to one is much more achievable, and that means not overdoing the omega six oils especially, and and making sure you're including a really decent source of alpha linolenic acid, probably at least two to four grams a day for most people. And that means you know an ounce of walnuts or a tablespoon of ground flax seeds or, a, you know, a tablespoon of chia seeds or a couple tablespoons of hemp seeds would do, would do the trick. And then as an extra 
extra kind of push uh, that that EPA and DHA, and and it's getting more and more affordable. Uh, so even two to three hundred milligrams a day could could be sufficient. But I've known people who need to need to double that to get their you know their omega three index where where it probably should be. So it it just depends. And again, as Mark said, it it makes such sense to get yourself tested and know where you're at. Well, what what would be the health consequence? consequences for vegans or anyone else for not getting enough omega-3s versus omega-6. Can you talk briefly about that? Yeah, well, they're, 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 the thinking is is omega-3s tend to be less inflammatory, so you get reduced inflammation. You get It's interesting because because omega threes and even you know even one series you know you get these series one prostaglandins and these eicosanoids being formed from uh, dihomo gamma linolenic acid which is an omega six but generally the omega threes you're producing eicosanoids that are anti-inflammatory that are you know that are they're just protective they reduce blood pressure they reduce platelet aggregation uh, they also you get get a production of resolvins and and protectins that are highly anti-inflammatory with these long-chain omega-3s. So, so whereas with omega-6s, when, it, when omega-6s get converted into arachidonic acid, these have sort of the, the more inflammatory um, um, response in the body from those, those fatty acids. So that's why they're both essential. Um, you know, you need omega-6 and you need omega-3, but, but the balance becomes more critical in a plant-based diet because when you get too much omega-6, it can actually reduce the conversion of plant omega-3s into long-chain omega-3s, probably by about 40 to 60 percent. So it's, it's really quite significant. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, can you maybe just talk for a couple minutes uh, or real quick, a short little bit on the whole concept of brown rice and grains and, and uh, you know, are there issues with things like arsenic and toxins in certain grains versus quinoa, buckwheat, amaranth, and so forth? Yeah, exactly. So grains have become really controversial in the last few years, as you as you well know. And and you know we we actually just saw a study from a couple of years ago that that looked it was a meta analysis looking at forty some studies showing that people who eat the most whole grains actually have significantly lower risk of heart disease, uh, certain types of cancer, diabetes, and so on. But that may just be comparing whole grains to refined grains. So that's that's the one caveat there. Uh, but generally Generally, when you think about grains, uh, there are two things. One is, um, you know, some people don't do well with gluten. So then, you know, we're talking about rye and wheat and all the varieties of wheat, like camut and spelt and so forth, and 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 uh, barley. And and so for those people, there are lots of other grains they can choose from. So that's one thing. The other issue is Brenda? that a lot of these grains in North America uh, yeah, are. Hey Brenda, so let's yeah. let's hold for one second. We will come back oh, sure. and talk a little bit more about grains. In one okay. moment, so so so, just to make sure everyone knows, this is Brenda Davis, who's a great expert in plant-based dieting, and and also, uh, if you're just tuning in for, for the first time now, this is Mark Isaacson. I am standing in for Dana Lake today, and I'm the host for the hour on our Essential Healthy Living Show on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Just stay with us; we will be right back in a moment. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. 
MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit Nordic NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back to today's final segment of Essential Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda. I am Mark Isaacson. I have an own Village Green Apothecary based in Bethesda, and I am hosting today in place of Dana Lake. Dana is back, I believe, in a couple of weeks. It's Dr. Ken Passaro, who is in studio for the show next week. So as a reminder, Village Green Apothecary is really a great resource to find the answers about your health questions and search, search and get resources from us, whether it's our website at myvillagegreen.com or in-store on Cedar Lane in Bethesda. So we've got this incredible expert team of nutritionists, pharmacists, clinical nutritionists, naturopathic docs. We are all about these days understanding foods, nutrients, lifestyle designed for you, heavily focused on personalization. And we are also doing things like looking deeply with our pharmacists at things such as drug-nutrient interactions and depletions. And some of our supplement brands are some of the most foremost thought-leading brands we call practitioner brands that include things like Zymogen, Metagenics, Thorn, Nordic Naturals, Pure Encapsulations. Many of these brands have uh, deep uh, research behind them and have many patents and agreements very much like our own Pathway brand. So I am here today with our guest, Brenda, 
And Brenda Davis is a registered dietitian, is a leader in her field, and an acclaimed speaker at nutrition, medical, and health conferences internationally. She's worked as a research dietitian, public health nutritionist, clinical nutrition specialist, nutrition consultant, and academic nutrition instructor. So as we were talking, not only is she co-author of 10 vegetarian and vegan nutrition classics, so we originally thought it was 750,000 copies that have been sold, but actually, so the impact of our show, it's actually over a million that are in print um, and have been sold in 10 different languages. So it's awesome to have Brenda with us. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about... um, wheat and different things like grains and so forth and which ones are optimal and which ones are not, which ones like brown rice might have arsenic. So Brenda, why don't you just pick it up and and give us some of your insights in that area? Yeah, you bet. So what I'll just boil it down because I know our time's running out. But basically what you want to do if you're eating grains is to eat uh, organic grains to avoid any potential glyphosate residues from from spraying Roundup to dry the grains, and also to focus on some of the pseudo-grains as well and the non-glutinous grains. Where rice is concerned, especially rice from the southern states, and not California, but the other states, uh, further east, I would say, uh, is, is they are really significant sources of arsenic. So you want to vary your intake of grains and maybe stick more to rice from other areas as well. So and products made from rice, like organic brown rice syrup, it can be a source, for example. Um, yep, 100%. Um, so what's your question, yeah. David? Brenda, I was just curious. Do you, would you recommend soaking or sprouting grains to help make digestion easier and to reduce the phytic acid and lectins? Yeah, absolutely. Soaking is wonderful and also <laughs> cuts cooking time in half if you're going to cook them. Um, and then sprouting, you get an increase in phytochemicals by probably five or ten times. Uh, and and you when you sprout you you break down anti nutrients you release stored forms of nutrients and you boost phytochemicals so it's it's all good uh, and and so absolutely a good plan to do that yeah and can you talk just a little bit about uh, this can tie in with some of the clinical research that you're doing uh, and some of the studies you're doing but specifically the blue zones and some of the things yeah. you're, you you understand the uniqueness about some of these certain populations that we can learn from. Yeah, so there are essentially five blue zones, and it's, you know, Okinawa, uh, Japan, uh, Loma Linda, California, Ikaria, Greece, Sardinia, Italy, and uh, the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. And what's interesting about blue zones is is these are the places in the world where people, they have more centenarians than anywhere else in the world, but also people, when they reach these sort of, you know, um, their 90s or they reach 100 years of age, they're actually still productive, so they're still healthy. They have uh, a greater number of healthy years than much of the rest of the population. And there are really a number of common threads you can weave through all of these blue zones. But where diet is concerned, there are two things. One, they all eat plant-based diets. None of them are are, uh, entirely vegetarian, although Loma Linda is largely vegetarian. And the second is they all eat legumes as a primary source of protein. And would you say the majority of these blue zones are... So, so to what degree are they eating meat, or if if they're eating protein, is it more likely to be fish-based protein? Yeah, well, it's fish-based in, uh, in Okinawa for mm-hmm. sure, but they average a half an ounce of fish a day. Just to give you an idea, a half an ounce, yes. that's 15 grams for those for the, the Canadians. But, it, you know, it's a very, very tiny amount. 
And, and, and that's what people need to understand is, yes, in, in most of these blue zones, there's a little bit of animal product, where, whether it's dairy. In most places, um, like in the Nicoya Peninsula and in uh, Icaria and Sardinia, there's some cheese and things like that. But, but certainly it's still predominantly plant-based. And Dan Butner, who, who sort of, um, you know, devised the blue zones or discovered the blue zones, uh, he would say, you know, 90 to 95% plant-based, basically. Mm, yeah, very interesting. And, yeah. and uh, as, a, as a, a personal question almost, because I actually had, had for the first time a kidney stone. Super yeah. painful experience a couple months ago. Right. So can you just uh, so, so we only have a couple minutes left. Can you just uh, talk just for a second about um, oxalates and spinach in, in like thirty seconds or so, and give us your thoughts on that? Yeah. So so basically, um, you know, people who have kidney stones, it can be oxalate kidney stones or not. But oxalate kidney stones are probably the most common. But there was a recent study in um, the Epic Oxford uh, cohort showing that, that vegetarians and vegans had about a 31% lower risk of kidney stones. And, and, uh, but we do consume more oxalates, yes. uh, but, you know, and so, so oxalates are highest in things like, um, spinach, beet greens, Swiss chard, uh, but they're, they're present in a number of foods, um, rhubarb, um, and so one of the things that you might want to do is when you're choosing dark greens to choose the lower oxalate greens, yes. and if you're juicing, definitely choose the lower oxalate greens because you're consuming such a huge volume of greens when you're juicing or making a green smoothie for that matter. Okay. And then instead of using spinach, which is a beautiful tender green, you might use kale or some some other green. So Brenda, perfect. Give us one super important takeaway in a couple seconds yeah. that you want our audience to be aware of. Yeah, so so to me the takeaway is that you know when you when you choose the food you eat, uh, it has every single cell of the human body is a product of what we put in our mouths. So and we have control over that, total control over that. And so of course we want to be consuming foods that are going to nourish us well and protect us against disease. But the beauty of choosing a diet that's plant-based is not only are you protecting human health, but you're actually reducing pain suffering and death in billions and billions of animals and helping to preserve, you know, just to, to, to leave a softer carbon footprint on the planet. So that's, for me, the big thing is that it's, it's a win-win-win for yes. everyone when you eat more plants and fewer animals. So, Brenda, that's perfect. So can you let everyone know where they can find you real quick? Yeah, so my website is brendadavisrd.com. And my contact information is there. And my most recent books are are Becoming Vegan Comprehensive Edition and Becoming Vegan Express Edition. And the new books that are coming out are diabetes books. And in July, the Kick Diabetes Cookbook will be released. All right, perfect. So listen, I'd like to thank you for participating. And I also want to thank David Baer, who helped me host a little bit today. Thank you for listening and joining us today at Essentially Healthy Living on 1500 AM. You can access this show or any of the previous shows at myvillagegreen.com and on iTunes. Come visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or again online at myvillagegreen.com. This is Mark Isaacson of Village Green wishing you great health and an awesome week ahead. Thank you. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health and Village Green Apothecary can help. 
We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.